Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Pisgah Podcast. Sorry for the delay in episodes, but we're back. Yes, we are your hosts. I'm Mangler, and that is Drew, and you are listening to Pisgah. We're coming to you live from a random finish line at a race near you. That's right. So this episode, we're going to be focusing on a lot of the events that we've had going on lately and the ones that are coming up. Uh, Fall going into the winter is a really good season to host events here in the Pisgah in Western North Carolina. So let's get right into these results. Yeah, we've got a lot of them. So a couple weeks ago, we had the uh, postponement date for the Pisgah 111 and the Pisgah 55. These are two endurance races that cover a lot of ground, 111K for the 111 and 55K for that one, for the Pisgah 55, obviously. And so the results go as follows. For the 111, the men's open was won by Nick Bragg, friend of the show, followed by John Cox in second and Gabrielle Romano in third. For the women's open... We had Lauren Elledge in first place with Ellie Johnston in second, followed by Grace Chapel in third place. Solid lineup. For the Pisgah 55, for the shorter version of the race, the men's open podium was with uh, Kevin Connor Code on the top step. Also a friend of the podcast. Miles Bilby in second, and Morgan Holland in third. With a special shout out, the single speed winner, Rich Dillon, for pulling a fourth overall. That's impressive. Super impressive. But that dude is no stranger to Pisgah. He's got many, many miles of Pisgah in his legs and uh, single speed geared bike alike, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've mentioned his name on the show before. We have. And hopefully we're going to have him as a guest here pretty soon. That'd be rad. The women's open results are Brianna Heinzelman in first place, Francesca Comparini in second, and taking third place was Corianne Kosarek. Well, it's a pretty solid setup between the 111 and 55, and kudos to them for postponing it. However, the weekend that they postponed it from was uh, supposed to be a, a washout. That was when one of the hurricanes passed through. But uh, I think I got like half inch of rain at my house that weekend. Yeah, once the storm came through, it was actually pretty dialed outside too. Yeah, it was. Going down the week before the Pisgah 111 and 55 was the Rock Creek Enduro. This was like an Enduro Southeast test event at the new Rock Creek Bike Park. It had a great turnout with Pro Women's Field going as such. Uh, Casey Hefner in third, Ava Frey in second, and Trek Factory Racing's Yolanda Neff taking the win. The men's pro field had many regionally familiar names, such as Cole Punchard in third, Max Bopri in second, and the bike park builder and frameworks racing spearhead Nika Malali winning the event by 5.3 seconds. Yeah, super cool event. Good way to get those trails ridden in out there for this brand new bike park. And also, uh, not mentioned in these results, but uh, if you looked at the e-bike category, you would see two Shaw brothers and a Christopher Grice in that as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. They chose to just play around on their e-bikes and have a good time because bikes are fun. And why not, you know? Climbing's no good. They didn't have the shuttles (laughs) running for that event, so you had to pedal up the shuttle road. Taking place in Durango, Colorado, which is not Pisgah, uh, was Collegiate Nationals in the middle of October. 
and we had a lot of our regional colleges uh, taking place there at Collegiate Nationals. We had Brevard College getting two top 10 results in varsity men's downhill with Cameron Mater taking third and Cole Puncher taking 10th. Maria Doring of Lees McRae took 13th in the women's varsity downhill with Brevard College's Olivia Hyde taking 16th. For the varsity short track, Brevard College came through with Owen Clark pulling third place, Cole Punchard in sixth. The women's varsity short track had Lise McRae racer Maria Doring in seventh. And similar results were earned in the XC race with Brevard College showing strong with Owen Clark in sixth, Cole Punchard in ninth, and again, Maria Doring getting it done for Lise McRae in sixth place, which got to realize Durango, Colorado is at about 12,000 feet elevation. So this is really good for some people from around two to 3,000 feet elevation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and most of that stuff was held up at the resort, which is a little higher than Durango. But I've ridden up in that zone before. And yeah, the, you definitely feel the elevation. Yeah, it's no joke, but it, you know it's a great place. And uh, luckily, Collegiate Nationals went off uh, without a hitch, unlike the year before, where they got some snow in October. That's right. They were like digging the race course out with shovels so that they could still ride. Yeah, and melting snow with uh, propane torches. I, I love the the good old college try. Yeah, totally. Well, the Blue Ridge Adventures Couch Potato and Swank Sixty Five weekend gave us some excellent endurance racing. The Couch Potato being the shorter race covering 22 miles and achieving 2,265 feet of elevation. And that happened on Saturday. The women's open category was won by Taylor Irwin with Sarah Hunter and Stephanie Bignowski taking second and third. Men's open was won by Matt Atkins with Eric Hurricane Hoyland in second and Josh Ramsey in third. And then the Swank 65 took place on Sunday in much colder conditions and gating 4,900 feet of elevation. Our homie Gus Michaels wins the men's open race. And another name mentioned prior in the episode is Kevin Code coming in second and Gabrielle Romano in third. The women's open saw Jenna Salters taking the win with Beata Ronska in second and Gracie Irwin in third. Yeah, and these are super cool events. Uh, Swank 65 has a lot of history in Western North Carolina. But we're grateful that they did start doing the couch potato. And it was probably around uh, 2015 or so, if I, I can't remember when they started it. But uh, putting a shorter version on without so much elevation, it's aimed at us that just kind of want to do a race right off the couch. Hence the name, the couch potato. You know, I would always think the couch potato fell into more of like an early spring type of race coming out of winter. But, you know, teach their own. Yeah, it's a good weekend when they have it, though. But at the same time as uh, the Blue Ridge Adventure races, uh, there was another test event at Rock Creek, this time for Downhill Southeast. They hosted a downhill race to test out logistics and to test out the new shuttle buses. And uh, the men's pro field was just that. The podium was all UCI World Cup competitors with young Chris Grice Hustle of Specialized in third place, Luca Shaw repping Canyon Collective in second, and Frameworks Racing's Nico Malali taking the W. And the women's pro field had some of our regional ladies take on a multi-time world champion and Olympic gold medalist in the XC discipline. 
with Yolanda Neff of Trek World Racing taking the win, followed by Piper Walk in second, and Gravity Academy racer Mani Santamarina taking third. And as the year's racing events kind of wind down, there's a few that kind of round out the year. One that's on a lot of minds here in Western North Carolina and upstate South Carolina is the annual Cranksgiving event. In the past, it was held at various spots in the upstate South Carolina area, but starting last year, they had most all the events at Rikonuga, which was kind of a perfect setup for the multi-event weekend. And just like last year, they will again be having Cranksgiving at Rikonuga. Although it's pretty much sold out of entries, I think, uh, it doesn't mean you can't go hang out and have a good time heckling racers, but Rikonuga will be closed to the public for riding, but you can still go hang out and enjoy the party. Yeah, it's going to be an excellent party there uh, this weekend. But uh, the other party in Henderson County this weekend will be at Jackson Park. This coming weekend, we will get to witness some UCI cyclocross racing here in Hendersonville, North Carolina. And I caught up with the event announcer, Chris Bennett, to get us all caught up to speed with the North American Cyclocross Series up to this point. And we talked North Carolina cyclocross. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, Chris Bennett. Uh, we're going to talk cyclocross for you guys and kind of, I guess, season up to this point and uh, what to look forward to with uh, the NCGP in Hendersonville this coming weekend. Yeah. Thanks for having me over uh, to your house, Drew. Very nice uh, accommodations here. And yeah, it's already, I can't believe it's already been a year since we talked last. I mean, I know. last year we were at the wedge, you know, talking about, you know, coming out of COVID and moving into a cross season. And now, this year has really seemed it's i mean it was back last year but this year like the calendar has just been super jam-packed and there's been so much good racing domestically in the united states you know the uscx has really come into i think to focus this year last year they did it last year and it was a trial run you know x amount of races no money no cash purse but there was a winner and actually carrie warner won the men's and i believe caroline mani won the women's and this year they did it again and they had money and so the racing was very high stakes this year and it was a great series and i think the domestic cross scene is stronger than ever this year and it's we're really fortunate enough to be leading right into the ncgp which i think if i'm not wrong pretty close to one of the last races before nationals kicks off yeah I think that the national series or the national calendar as it's put together right now is is pretty important for a few reasons. One of which, uh, you know, those of us that have paid attention to cyclocross for a long enough time will know that we have hotbeds like New England and, uh, you know, previously Northern California, specifically Bay Area, uh, the Midwest. Everybody's kind of had their, their series. But the continuity in getting the pros to commit to a national series and bring this level of racing to all these other places and connect the dots between all these hot spots is really kind of what it's needed to accurately portray, you know, regional talent. You could be really good in your area, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be great when you go up to New England and get your face kicked in by, you know, some people up there that have many more miles uh, on a cyclocross bike in their legs than you do. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you can just, this past weekend, uh, NoHo just wrapped up. That's Adam Meyerson's race up there. And I was looking at the at the start list and the and just through the amateur ranks onto the pros, you know, big fields, 50, 60 plus and, and masters races and 
big junior fields. And then, you know, they had in the women's field, they had Lizzie Gonzalez and Raylan Nuss and uh, Austin Kill of Caitlin Bernstein. I really, and then the men's, it was Bruner and Curtis and uh, who else was up there? Funston. All these guys that you'll probably see at nationals were at the NECX race up there. So, yeah, New England is always a strong hold. But also, you know, here we are 26 years into the NCCX series and 17 years of the NCGP. And the NCGP has hosted a lot of great riders over the years that have come down and and they've chosen uh, that last cross race to either get more points before nationals or sharpen that sword. One little bit more racing in the legs before they all maybe head to their respective home bases, do a little bit more training, and then they head out for nationals in uh, Hartford, Connecticut this year. So the NCGP is this weekend. It is the 19th and 20th, uh, Saturday, Sunday. And I think it's going to be a really good weekend of racing. Yeah, it looks looks like it's going to be proper cyclocross weather too, especially on Sunday. I've, I, you know, I'm so weird about checking weather. I, I usually don't start looking until Thursday. Just being the announcer who's lucky enough to be the announcer again this year. I think this will be my eighth year of announcing. I try not to look until Thursday because, you know, being the one that's going to be standing outside most of the day and announcing races, I'm always kind of like, (laughs) ah, man, you know, a little rain would be nice, but you know, you know, as well as that, we've had some soakers there and some snow. And at at some point it just becomes like, okay, this is just like not fun to be standing out here and announcing a race and it hurts the crowd participation, but We'll see. Yeah, we, it's been, I, I mean, overall to me, aside from, I guess it was, was it Charm City or Rochester? I think it was Charm City. It's been a fairly dry season in general in the, I'd say every domestic race I've watched on GCN, which the coverage has been really good this year. It's always, it seems like it's been super dry. Yeah, it's been pretty dry for the most part. And at this race, specifically in Hendersonville uh, for the UCI event, we've seen everything from Hubs Deep Water uh, 18 inches of snow to balmy springtime <laughs> feeling weather. Yeah. And, uh, and, and also the, some, some pretty good battles there when it's come down to the line when uh, the overall for the series has been pretty heavily contested. We've had people that we didn't expect to see show up, like uh, I remember a Jeremy Powers mm-hmm. versus Johnson. Uh, Johnson year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't think either one of them anticipated needing to do that c2 race but uh they had to you know it's you meant you're committed to the series and uh you know we know these people aren't making millions of dollars out there racing it's uh it's it's what it takes yeah then you know that that was a really interesting year and i think what domestic cyclocross needs and we talked about this last year and i'll talk about it until I'm blue in the face, Bill Shiken talks about it all the time, is that Mm storyline, that narrative that we need, that people in general can appreciate. Over in, you see it all over in Europe. We're starting to see it more so now than ever in Europe with women's and men's fields getting that whole kind of like, you know, Sven Nies, Niels Albert, or Voss, Sonicant type thing going. Mm -hmm. Now we have, over there, we have like Lawrence Sweck and Ely Ezerbeet going at it, Lars Vanderhaar, and then you have this new generation of these younger women coming up who are in their 20s now and are ruling the roost in the women's elite. Van Van Impel, Sharon Van Anroy, Puck Pitosa. I mean, I mean, Celine Calvin Alvarado, she, what, she's only 23, 24. Right. And over here, we're starting to get that storyline, especially, I think, in the men's field. No disrespect to the women's field. I mean, Carolyn Mani pretty much 
you know, wrote the book this year in the in women's domestic cross as she did last year, which I think is great for Mani because she's giving the younger generation something to shoot for and aim towards. Because you know, as long as Clara Hansinger, our current national champion, is over in Europe, you know, Mani has seemed to really dominate this year, especially with uh, uh, Magali Rochette, the mm-hmm. Canadian, having you know fighting long COVID, and she's just now coming onto you know some form where she can actually do some bike racing and. Actually, I was looking at her podcast post today, and they're talking about they're going to head over to Europe. They're going to go for it and commit and head across the pond. But men's domestic cross racing this year, the storyline, I think you would agree with me, has been Eric Brunner and Curtis White. Yep. And those two, I definitely, there's a lot of respect on the bike when they're racing, but I definitely, it has that kind of frenemy feel of like when Jay Powell and maybe would do battle with Johnson or... Johnson and Jonathan Page and that's what we need to see because right now I really don't think anyone's going to stop Eric Brunner unless Eric Brunner stops himself he is prone to crashing if the conditions aren't up his alley and who knows what we might get in Hartford Connecticut in December but um, that's what the USCX has brought back to the United States domestic scene is rivalry and story and, and entertainment value so let's dwell on that for a second because we know that we can have a wild card in some of these races, and we're going to have one in the women's field this weekend with uh, current Olympic gold medal uh, cross-country racer. Yes. Yolanda Neff will be racing, and, uh, you know, really going to turn up the gas and change the dynamic of what's going to happen here. Yeah, I mean, you know, I— Got a, a text from Tim a couple of weeks back, and he sent me a provincial start list, and I actually pulled the start list. This is who's registered so far that I've seen, and it's a good women's field. So not only do we have the current Olympic mountain bike champion and, I believe, double world champion. I think she's been a European champion. She's won cross races in Europe as well. She won the GP Sven Nice a few years ago. We have Yolanda Neff which is huge. So if anyone doesn't know who Yolanda Neff is, if you would like to come to Jackson Park in Hendersonville, North Carolina, and get to see an Olympic champion race her bike, then this is the weekend to do it. And we also have Carolyn Mani is going to come down with mm-hmm. her crew. So Mani's registered. The current, she wrapped up the USCX series. She's coming down with her Alpha Groove um, Subaru squad. We have our local Hannah Arnisman, who won, I believe, day two last year. Anna Magali, I believe, is uh, reg- is going to be registered. Megan Coral, one of our locals. Uh, Emily Warner is going to be coming. That mm-hmm. means Carrie will be coming as well. So, yeah, we have some I'm, – I'm very excited for the women's racing this weekend. I think it's going to be super fun, and she will add an element of speed and dynamic uh, – just a dynamic overall look and feel to the race. And even though cyclocross isn't her normal foray, she's got plenty of experience in it. But what I think a lot of people will find super interesting is that just yesterday, she won a downhill race. She's a very multi-talented uh, racer. And after the uh, the test event yesterday at Rock Creek, I did get to speak with her briefly and was asking her about multiple disciplines and, you know, what does this mean when you're training for one thing, but you're participating in these others? And she put it very, very simply to me, Chris. She just said, all practice is good practice. Yeah, I mean, you look at someone like Yolanda Neff, and I think she just also, she just likes riding, I think she just likes riding bikes. Yeah. She's uh, of 
that Vanderpool mindset. It's that whole like I just like riding bikes and having mm -hmm. fun. I think she realizes as some of these athletes, especially in the world of cycling, knows that your timeline is very finite and you get to be at the top for only so long and travel the world and see all these great places. And then, you know, your career just kind of just winds down. And I think a lot of cyclists know when it's time to pull the plug. And I'm not saying Yolanda is that in that realm right now, but I think she likes to get it while she can mm -hmm. and have fun. And it's, it's great that she likes to spend a lot of time here in North Carolina riding bikes in general. And I don't know about her partner, Luca, but his brother, Walker, he has some pretty good results racing cyclocross over the years. He formerly raced for that specialized uh, SRAM Devo team. And uh, seeing his father, Doug Shaw, in the pits was not uncommon, especially at nationals. And um, I think the last one that I was at that I saw them at w would have been uh, the year that it was in Austin, Texas. Uh, but yeah, you know, that it, it's, it's kind of cool that people that are known for other sports use this as a, as a cross training and fitness training event. It, it's got so many different things that you're doing to your body during this race that all translate to whatever your normal discipline of cycling is. Yeah. And it's, it's good to see like when the Shaw's come out and, you know, Doug is such a good guy. I mean, he's, he's a good bike racer sir, in his own right for, you know, he dominated 60 plus masters category in the NCCX a few years back. And all the, the shawls are the same way. Luca, he likes riding his bike. I mean, you'll see him on his socials, just posting stuff, you know, farting around at the riveter on his jump bike. And mm -hmm. it's good to see that when they come home from Europe and, you know, they still call North Carolina home. And it's nice to, when Yolanda comes back. And I think she has a really good appreciation for the area. I definitely think she likes riding her mountain bike in Pisgah. And I think it's good training for her as well. And I think it's going to be super great if she, when she comes out and races NCCX this weekend and uh, see how she tests herself against the likes of Caroline Mani and a lot of these women who have been going full gas since basically mm -hmm. since go-cross, really. So do you know about how the grid is going to be, how the call-ups are going to be handled for this event since it is part of the North Carolina series, but it's also part of the national calendar? Right. So what they'll do for the amateur stuff is since that it will be the call-ups for like masters and, you know, not the UCI junior men and women, but this juniors, masters, cat three, four, if they've been participating in the NCCX series all season long, then they'll be called up to the line as part of the NCCX series okay. call up. So whatever their point standings are in the series, that's how they'll be called up. Basically, when the elites go and UCI junior women and uh, men go, that gets handed over to the UCI officials. So okay. the USAC people just step back. I mean, they're always there on the periphery to help, but then that becomes a UCI thing. And so the UCI will do call-ups, obviously all based on your UCI points that you've acquired throughout the season. Because it always seems to, I believe, kind of zero out at one point. You kind of right. start from scratch, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around. So, you know, the likes of, of Mani and Lauren Zerner and whoever else might show up if they've been doing the USCX all season long, and they uh, probably did some of the, you know, if they actually did okay in the World Cups that were here in the United States, then they'll, they'll be gridded based on that whole situation. So someone like Yolanda, she will probably have not a lot of UCI points in the world of cyclocross. I don't know if her UCI points from mountain biking and the stuff she did on the road would transfer over. I'm that's where I'm not clear. So 
she will not be on the front row. But the good thing about Hendersonville, it is a, a, a very, a fairly, not easy, but a, a, it's very conducive to passing. You know, there's not a lot of pinch points on the course. So even if she's gridded like third or fourth row, I think she'll be able to, to move up through the field. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of where I was directing that, that narrative to yeah. see if you had any any insight to that but you're right that it's it's definitely a course where you're not going to make too many enemies trying to trying to punch up a little bit no and i would think you know i think domestically you know it's it's yolanda enough i think a lot of people would hopefully show respect and not you know sharpen their elbows and try to chop her in a corner or, you know I, I don't think it's good to go down that road and i think uh her just being there just elevates the NCGP, and I think it's a feather in the cap for the NCGP. Like I said, 17 years of that race alone, and then 26 years of NCCX. Uh, you know, it's it's nice for Tim to have a little, a, a nice little nugget, a little treat like that thrown into his race for all, you know all the years of hard work, and he's put into it, and everyone else who's been involved with it for so many years. Yeah, absolutely. And anybody that's ever met Tim would not hesitate to agree that. He does this out of the love for it. He's he's not he's not doing this uh, for any other reason than he knows that if you if you build it, they will come. And he has been the person that has uh, created the cyclocross scene here in North Carolina, as far as I'm concerned. Right, and it's it, it's it's huge because had Tim never built NCCX, would we ever had nationals at the Biltmore State? I'd have to say no. I wouldn't think so. No, I think. The USA Cycling recognized what he had, has done over the years and his, his, you know, the contributions that he and everyone else who's helped him over the years had made, and rightly so, they approached him and said, "Would you like to host nationals?" And for him to do nationals and the way nationals went off, considering what happened the year before at Austin, I think he felt a lot of immense pressure, and I think it went off without a hitch, and. There's still, I think, a lot of domestic pros that you can ask what is one of your all-time favorite nationals, and a lot of them will probably still say the Biltmore State. That was one of the most, uh, you know, I talked to Meyerson, I talked to Katie Compton, I talked to some other pros, and they were like, this is one of the most European-style mm-hmm. nationals that, you know, we've ever raced. And, you know, and it, it was announced it was at the Biltmore, and everyone's like, oh, the, the parking and all, all that stuff became just irrelevant. It was easy to get in and out. And it was a great race, and I think that was, you know, I think that was Tim's crowning achievement. And I don't know how he will, when he decides to do a mic drop and step away. I don't know what it what it would be. And in the back of my mind, I know he would love to host a World Cup. But good God, <laughs> <laughs> who's got the money? Exactly, who's got the hey, money? Any of our listeners out there that have some money to spare, and uh, you want you want to make something really cool happen, go talk to Tim. <laughs> yeah, we we'd uh, love to host a World Cup in North Carolina. God, I mean, you could eat. I mean, the Biltmore State would be the place to do it, but it's just the time and the and the timing of it all. You know, when we did nationals, it was before. It was when it was in what January still right. before we went back to Christmas. So, you know, it was uh, easy for us to do that, and now it's. You know, now everything's back. They're they're not going to give up their Christmas season at Biltmore. No, for, no, for some for goofball bike rides. Right. No, 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 no. And so, yeah, but you know, back to the. the I think this weekend, um, if anyone's interested in coming to watch the race, feel free to do so. It's free to the public, and that's another great thing about you know this. You get to come see some of the top level pros. You get to see an Olympic champion race 
and it doesn't cost you a dime. All you have to do is just drive to the park and walk in and you get treated to some of the best athletes in the country, if not the world. There's food there, coffee trucks, uh, music provided by me. I'll be announcing all day from 8 a.m. till like whenever the last race winds down. I think the last race goes off at, I believe, 3.30. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a good weekend of racing. And I have not checked the weather, but you were saying it might get a little wet soupy Sunday. A little icy. Icy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that always makes it interesting for the people who have to race early in the morning. So um, I think we're at right now with, with Cross and some of the pros that are showing up. And I will be checking registration on Bike Reg as the week goes on. But I think we're going to have really good fields overall. And I think we're going to have a really good elite fields in the men and women's fields for sure. Cool. Well, I look forward to coming out. I will at least be there Sunday to see the races. I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to make it Saturday for some other uh, prior uh, things that I have planned, but I'll make it out at some point for certain. Yeah. Uh, I think what we're looking at, like for the women, women and men's field, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think it's going to be super fast racing uh, for the men. Uh, our, our local or not our local, we still call our local. Carrie Warner will be back. Carrie, if you don't know, is racing a very limited cross schedule this year. I think he's doing, I think, four or six races total. He did he did go cross, and then he did, what else did he do? He did, uh, I think, Rochester weekend. So that was four, and then he'll do Hendersonville, and that'll be six. And then he's going to do Nationals, Nationals, and that's right. it. And that guy, last year, in the year before, he was like the king of, like, so many cross races. Yeah. I think last year he ended up, I think he did 35, maybe 40 cross races. I mean, he did a lot of cross racing. And this year with his sponsor being Kona, as we're seeing across the board, not all, you know, they were asking him to mo- maybe move more towards gravel. But when you talk to Kerry, his heart, he's he's still a crosser. I'll, my, you know, my inner, my joke with myself with Kerry is the whole, you know, uh, Corleone, every time I get out, they pull me back in. And that's, yeah. I think that's the way he is with Cross. Now, not uh-huh. that he's ever trying to get out, but when he is back in it, you know, he's back in it 100%. I mean, he did represented at Go Cross, was on the podium, I, th- I believe, both days, you know, and really not racing, focusing on Cross. So his natural raw talent and Cross is there. And if, if it is a little soupy, you know, don't count him out for no. a podium spot in Hendersonville. And if the weather gets a little dodgy in Hartford, Connecticut, you know, where he believe, I believe that was his first elite level medal in cross racing was Hartford. And it was, that was a snowy, ruddy uh, debacle. So if it gets a little soupy in, in Hartford, I wouldn't discount Kerry for nationals there. I mean, his town is, is so immense and his bike driving is, is unparalleled. So I don't think I would write carry off um, as not a being a perennial favorite at nationals if the weather is, is a little heavy. Right. And even if he's not a favorite, one of the main reasons why I find him to be such an interesting bike racer is he's not tolerant of boring bike tactics. No. If it's uh, sit in and wait to, wait till the final and wait till the last lap and try to get a gap and sprint or whatever, he's he's not happy to do that. He will... He will turn the keys. He'll turn the screws. He'll he'll actually animate the race and make it something more interesting to him, but you know, more interesting to the people watching too. Because he'll just you know he'll light a match and let it burn, and if he has to, he'll strike another one. 
Yeah, I mean, he'll lay his cards on the table. He's not afraid. He's He's got so much experience. He's got so much depth. I mean, he's raced, you know, all over the world. In Europe, he's represented the United States in the World Championships, I believe, at least two times, maybe three. But, you know, his, 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 his race savvy, and you, you hear a lot about and cross people like, you know, in general with bike racing, they always talk about um, racecraft. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, that term racecraft applies so much to, to cyclocross. I think in cross country mountain biking as well, but definitely more so to to cross of because it is it is a craft. It is an art of dis- dismounting, remounting, know when to like lay it into a corner. And you know, Carrie, I think Carrie has that in spades for sure. His his racecraft and experience is is pretty much is unparalleled in, in the men's domestic racing for sure. Yep, I'll agree. Well, I don't have any further questions unless you've got anything you want to throw in there. Other than that, just please come out and, you know, come and watch some racing. Last year, it was really cool. I was announcing and this old couple, older, older couple walked up to me and they were like, this is so much fun. You know, we just came here on a lark and thank you for announcing. You've kind of explained it to us and we really like this and we want to come back next year. We want to bring some friends, some of our friends. I'm like, please do. So... Yes, if you've never experienced cyclocross racing, come out and watch, uh, you know, from amateurs to the elite levels. If you really want to get a good show, come out and watch the elite uh, level women, the pro women and men race. It, you'll be impressed. It's I know a lot of people still just think they're just riding bikes, but it's just, it's so much more than that to watch these these athletes just really just turn themselves inside out and super go for it and they're very passionate about what they do, and you're right. They don't make a lot of money at doing it, but it's a lot of fun to watch, and it's a lot of fun to talk about when I'm there, and uh, I still have a big passion for it. I don't race much anymore, but, you know, I'll always be a longtime supporter of Cross, and, you know, I'll, I've been lucky enough to have been asked to announce nationals this year, and so I'm super jazzed about that, and how that's going to play out is going to be – I think we're going to have – such a showdown in the women's and men's fields this year at nationals. So I'm really excited about the way the the season's is shaking out for certain. And, uh, two notes, if you're going to come out to the race and you look at your navigation, make sure it's taking you the Spartanburg highway entrance. If you come in from the downtown side entrance, there, uh, will be a disruption in the road, I Mm -hmm. believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Don't let that one frustrate you. And uh, there's volunteer opportunities. If anybody would like to come out and do some course marshalling or uh, just give a helping hand uh, to give back to what Tim has brought to us, uh, I think there's a link. I believe you said it's on the Facebook page. Facebook page, yeah. Yeah. Go to Facebook and just enter in your search, probably NCCX or North Carolina Cyclocross. You'll get a hit. And yeah, so if you would like to, I mean, what better way to ingratiate yourself or break yourself into the world of cyclocross by giving back and volunteering and being a course marshal, working some crossings and stuff like that. And I think it would be really cool. And, you know, the, you know, it takes a village and this is all done on, on volunteer and, you know, no one's being, no one's being paid for this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, if you're interested in volunteering, just look into that Facebook page. And if you want to come out and watch bike racing and see an Olympic champion and other great bike racers throughout the country, then come to Jackson park this weekend. Great. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thank you, Drew. It's real cool to hear you guys talk up cycle cross and, you know, how important it is to the Western North Carolina scene, just North Carolina scene in general. And, you know, 
how cool it is that Hendersonville of all places is known for having this like super awesome, you know, pretty much world-class cyclocross race. Another thing that's rad is how last year at this time, Yolanda was at Cranksgiving and won that event in the Enduro. And so she got her gravity fix on. And then this year she is doing the cycle cross race, getting her endurance and power on. So it's cool to see how she's mixed those things up. And, you know, maybe we'll see some other, you know, cross endurance and gravity racers jumping in the mix. You know, we have a lot of our uh, gravity racers in this area have uh, done some cyclocross in, in the off-season for training. Uh, but when it comes to Yolanda being a cross-country racer, I just have to think that she's just a really competitive person and, and has to toe the line, has to, you know, race against other people or the clock, what, whatever it is on any given weekend. Absolutely. Well, Mangler, it's, uh, it's freeze-thaw season. Oh, God, I hate, I hate freeze-thaw season. And haven't said it in months. We haven't said it in months, but yet here we are. I think there was a mention of it on a previous episode uh, with Pizgaria Sorba, but yet here we are looking at the weather. Oh, it just hurts to say these temperatures right now. Highs in like the mid 40s, lows getting down into the 20s, maybe the teens, depending on where you're at this weekend, which, you know, we've got two big events going on. On Saturday, high of 50, low of 25, and this is the Hendersonville weather forecast. Sunday, high of 45 and a low of 24. So uh, pretty much both mornings we're going to have some f- some uh, some crusty cyclocross tracks or uh, some peanut buttery sections at Ride Canuga on some of the enduro stages. Monday, it warms back up a little bit throughout the week but it's only because like some rain showers and stuff are coming in but the lows aren't getting super low like mid low 40s it's time to uh, start paying attention to the weather a little bit more now as we've got all these fluctuating temperatures moisture etc so it's going to start hunting those south facing trail networks that we can ride a little more frequently right and uh whether you are racing uh nccx or whether you're racing um, Cranksgiving this weekend, if you have an early time, early start time this weekend, sucks for you guys. It does. (laughs) Well, guys, that is a wrap on this week's episode. And as always, you can find us on social media. Just search Pizga Podcast. And we've also got the web store going with a couple of models of shirts, some water bottles, koozies, and you can check that out at pizgapodcast.bigcartel.com. And if you've ever gotten lost in the pages of Zone 4 or bikereg.com, then go ahead and click subscribe and share with your friends. Now your friends will listen to Pizga t-shirt, water bottle, koozie, or anything else with our logo on it. Well, I guess you and I need to figure out which race we're going to this weekend to heckle and have some fun. Well, you know, I think I'm probably going to uh, go to the cyclocross race on Sunday. Check out the finals for that. Uh, Might do that as well, but I might try to do both. We'll see.